Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 313. Lucky 313. I am Andrew, with you as always. With me again this week is Derek, a.k.a. Deeper 3 in the forum. No, no, happy to be here. Um, recently just got off Twitter, um, you know, fighting with somebody who said that Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson wouldn't be able to play in today's NBA, and they would be positionless because they, would, they wouldn't have a position to play. So... Those takes, news, uh, well, news, news to me, considering what those uh, gentlemen were capable of. Actually, you remember all those great blocks that uh, Zoe had, where his hand would get crushed against the rim. He was a he was a tough man. Yeah, not not only that. I, <laughs> not only I mean, if you think about it, Alonzo Mourning would probably not probably would be easily the best shot blocker in the NBA today. Oh yeah, yeah. But not only did they say that. Lonzo Mourning wouldn't have a position in today's NBA, even though, you know, Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside and DeAndre Jordan and Clint Capella and all these guys um, not only have positions, but they start in the NBA and they're not half the defender. But he, you know, he also said that Alonzo Mourning would be a non-factor in the NBA today. Uh, And that just blows pretty good. You know, he was a pretty good player. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I try to, I ended up getting out of that conversation because I didn't want to spend my entire Saturday night explaining how ridiculous of a take that is. So. It's a it's a it's a good uh, a good move to to sometimes back out of those uh, those conversations. But uh, fortunately, that we also have a lot of uh, great accounts on Twitter and uh, Instagram that uh, do celebrate the past, and we can uh, we can check those out. But uh, yeah, we're we're here to talk about. Uh, well, our main discussion topic this week is uh, NBA 2K20. Uh, six months in, we we actually we, we meant to get to it last week, uh, Derek, but we kind of got sidetracked by a lot of other interesting things to uh, to chat about. Yeah, and um, I think that's a good thing uh, because I think a lot of what we covered was you know on the last episode the silence um, that's deafening for you know EA not marketing their games or not talking about the rich history of NBA Live and you know the strengths of 2K doing that and you know how they've um, enhance their brand awareness and their popularity through it you know over the years and um i think that's really important um so i'm glad that we spent um you know what maybe two hours of the two and a half hours talking a lot about that absolutely and i I suppose we should circle back to that very briefly before we get to our uh, main discussion topic which is always dangerous with us as we can (laughs) go on these tangents but um you all seem to enjoy it, and we, we do thank you for the, the kind comments we've been receiving about the about the shows lately. We, we definitely do appreciate it. But uh, it has been brought to our attention that there's a, a small notice on the on EA's official website that suggests that NBA Live might not return this year, that the console, that the HD version that they're calling it, as opposed to the mobile version, uh, interesting uh, terminology, I suppose, uh, might not be back until uh, Live 22 next year. And uh, there's been no official announcement, and that goes back to what we were talking about about uh, transparency and the uh, and communication and yeah that's an interesting situation that maybe they they, they have to supposedly happy with the progress that's being made but th- a game that was supposed to come out or has been announced if in uh, conference calls or or financial calls if nothing else uh, may be quietly uh, delayed once again and i think that is a giant mistake and the biggest reason is is the it will be the reason it would be a mistake is if 2K releases on the um you know for 2K21 even if it's a late release let's say they say you know what you know the 
the PlayStation Five doesn't come out until December. Normally, we release, we, you know, we'll release our, um, you know, 2K21 for the PS4 and Xbox One as normal on schedule, and then later on when those um, systems are released, we will release, you know, a version of the game on, you know, 2K21 on PlayStation Five um, and the new Xbox. But that is where it will be a big mistake if 2K does that. And the reason is, is because this, all eyes are going to be on the new systems. All eyes, this is it. This, you know, all eyes are going to be on next gen. This is where they're going to be able to get the most people looking at their game. This is where they're going to get the most reactions. This is where they can make the biggest splash. And if they wait a year at that point, and this is true, that the next gen consoles will almost be old news, right? Yeah, they'll already yeah. been in the cycle for a year. They'll already have seen the capabilities of the systems and the graphics and all of that stuff. And not as many eyes are going to be on that on the NBA Live series when they release it a year after 2K does. And it's uh, the general perception of the series as well—a uh, failure to launch, which has happened more than a couple of times now—is is very damaging to the brand. Yeah, and we talked about that. You know, one of 2K's strengths is through all the legacy issues um, and all the debacles with microtransactions and, and um, the bad reception with that. They just continue to release a game every single year. And people are still playing NBA 2K every year. And they're talking about it, and it's in their minds and, and all of that stuff. Um, not only does Live cancel, you know, EA Sports cancel the NBA Live game often over the last uh, 10 years, and now they're canceling again. Um, but they also don't market the game. Yeah. The when it is released correctly. And, you know, this is a point that I wanted to bring up on the last um, podcast is you, remember we talked about how they hadn't had a tweet since last October. That's right. Yeah. But do you, yeah. And, and you remember how I said that the prior, the tweet before that hadn't been since July on the EA sports NBA live Twitter. Yep. Do you know how damage, like how ridiculous and how kind of damaging that is? NBA Live 19 was still in the current game cycle in July. Yeah. And yeah. August and September, right? That is still the current game. And they, while that game was still current, they still weren't talking about it. And that's so. There is no excuse of saying, "Well, they have nothing to talk about." They could have been promoting, you know ultimate team they could have been talking about live 19 you know you know what 2k does on nba 2 on 2k tv and whatnot they show like highlights of other people playing or like highlights of people playing in the park and all of that stuff and they even show that sometimes on their 2k sports handle like on their 20 handle in july august and september while live 19 was still the current basketball game you know why weren't they doing that why weren't they showing, you know, stuff from the one? Brand Why weren't they still advertising the game? Brand awareness. Why weren't they doing that? So I think that, you know, not to get off track, but I wanted to bring that up because Live 19 was still the current game and they were doing nothing as far as marketing it on Twitter or Facebook. But um, I think it's a huge mistake, like you had said, you know, they've had so many cancellations over the last 10 years. It makes them look weak. Um, and this is their chance to make a splash right away on in and they're gonna and it sounds like they might blow that as well and it, it doesn't build confidence because if, if 
and I know the game does have a long way to go. We've talked about that at length on many shows, uh, you, uh, you and I, uh, and with uh, when I've talked about it with, with Kenny and Ben on previous shows as well. It's There is obviously a long way to go, and you want to make the biggest impact possible. And another disappointing or underwhelming release is going to disappoint and underwhelm. That's 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 obvious. But it, it, if they are having to push it back again, what does that say about being able to make that big impact when they the confidence in the product and that they know that they're where they need to be, that they're at where they need to be at. And it, it doesn't bode well for that. I mean, if they if they come back next year again, I mean, and again, this is not really well publicized or, or announced, but it seems to be the case. It's, again, the, the lack of communication that's uh, that's rivaling 2K. And, and 2K does at least, uh, as we said last week, and as you just uh, recapped there, uh, does at least uh, push their game. Does, does at least make the brand push the brand out there even if i mean if they come back next year and it is a fantastic game and it is what it needs to be it's you could say well it, it the gamble paid off but it is a big gamble considering how they really need to build that brand awareness and that brand strength and really get people excited about live and and wanting to see it come back and and trusting the brand because people have placed a lot of trust in the brand since over this past generation over this past decade and, and they've had their successes and their good ideas, and you can see where they're coming from and where they've had ideas of merit, but it, it just hasn't come together. And to believe that it's going to come together now uh, after another cancellation or technical cancellation or wh- whatever semantics you want to use, it's it's just not a good look. And I, I guess maybe that's why they're not pushing it very hard. Uh, it could be. I mean, you, you know, the other thing, too, and I, and I want to reiterate what I said earlier, is if they if 2K doesn't release on next gen until 2K22, that changes the ball game a little bit. Yeah, because that can go in at the same time. But I firmly believe that 2K is not going to do that. I firmly believe that 2K22, they're going, whether they release it in December, I mean 2K21, excuse me, whether they release it in December or January or whatnot, they're going to want to make a splash right away. It's, because it's that's just the way they are. They're proactive. They, they, they'll, that? Want, they'll want that to be a launch title. There's no way they'll... If, they, if it's possible, if it's at all feasible for them to do, there's no way they don't want that to be a launch title. Exactly. And you know as well as I do, a year from now, I mean a year from that point, people are already going to know all the capabilities and what Next Gen can do for the most part, yep. and it will not make even... Live will not even make close to the splash that it could have. Um, and the other thing, too, is if you're not going to release for the next-gen console, and let's say, you know, the first time around, and let's say 2K, 2K doesn't. Why not go in with your your core for Live 19, which, by the way, the core was reviewed well, and yep. it was pretty solid before patches, the core. Why not go in to, you know, Live 21 and make a game for PS4 and Xbox One? And keep, you know, that way you didn't skip a year, another year, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you also already have the infrastructure in place for that title. And you can make some some enhancements to the shaders, to the graphics, you know, add size ups, you know, keep some of the gameplay the same, but, you know, make it a little bit better. And then also, um, you know, maybe add an extra mode or some, you know, more more features or something. But are you really going to go also a, a, a second year in a row? without releasing on PS4 and Xbox One, even though you have the infrastructure mm. in place. like So I, <clears throat> I think there's two different pieces of this that can get pretty frustrating if you, especially knowing the history of NBA Live. Well, it also builds 
expectations and anticipation, which is a good thing in some respects. But you look what happened with, between NBA Elite 11's uh, cancellation and NBA Live uh, 13 coming back, and, and then NBA Live 14 and being cancelled, and NBA Live 14 eventually being the first game back, the first release since NBA Live 10. The, the expectations were building so much, like they've had four years to work on this, which wasn't the case because they were starting and changing, restarting and changing directions and putting the team together and researching things. So it wasn't really four years that of solid work on this game to get it where it is, but that's the perception, and it's building those expectations. And if it can't live up to those expectations, on top of new gen expectations and uh, not being able to not being where it was at in the past generation, all these expectations, just all this pressure building up, it's it's going to be an even uh, bigger hurdle, be a bigger obstacle for the series to to overcome, and an even bigger letdown, and even worse for the brand. So it's. It's it's a gamble that if it pays off, it could be spectacular, but it could also blow up in their face, uh, very spectacularly in its own right. Yep, one hundred percent. And you know the other thing too is if you look if you look at um, the other side of it, if you say, well, maybe they want to do a wait and see approach, like let's see what two K comes out with, hmm. right? Like what are we dealing with? What are we? You already know what you're dealing with. A juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what you're dealing with. You know um, how 2K is going to come out. You know basically what they're going to have for modes, um, especially if, if they mirror what they have already. You already know they're going to have all of this retro content. You already know that how their online modes and their, and their core structure is going to be. There is no excuse of a wait and see. You know, if I hear that, I, it, it's, uh, I, I won't accept it. There's, there's that, that is not a valid excuse. Um, you make the best basketball game that you can, you get the best people in place to help make that basketball game and you market the shit out of your game. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Right, absolutely. Excuse my language. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's the, the, that bluntness is, is where we're at, frankly, the, the frustration of, of, of life not being where it is. And look, it's game design is easier said than done. And, and I think a lot of people, uh, don't necessarily know how design works, how programming works. Uh, I referred to it when, on my interview with uh, Rod Riddickoff, a former lead programmer of uh, NBA Live back in the day, that we ha- we had people come in and uh, and say t- in, the, in the forum say, oh, well, they, they should bring Phil Jackson in and, and have Phil Jackson look at their code, inspect their code, and tell them what to delete. And that is such a an ignorant uh, representation of how programming works. You know, even assuming that. Uh, Phil Jackson understands programming language, which I don't believe he does. <laughs> For all his uh, his brilliance, I don't think that's his area of expertise. And the idea that you could just delete a row of code and then suddenly you've got a great game. Uh, if only, if it was that easy, we'd get a perfect game already. But with that being said, we still have those ex- expectations, which, which are reasonable. You know, we did that show about what gamers want. We've talked about that a few times as well on in various uh, different topics. It's been a thread of ours that's, that's run through various shows that uh, we have those expectations, and you really do have to, to live up to them at this point. To that end, though, NBA Live 19 is the current game. It's kind of been wrecked a little bit by patches, as, as we've talked about before. Do you think it would be worth using that as a guinea pig, that if they kept, if they, if they kept publicly, almost using it like a public beta at this point, to keep tweaking it, or if, or if they put out something, some kind of beta program, that beta, uh, beta version of NBA Live, that people could just play and, and and tweak, whether it's playing around with NBA Live 19 or, or a new game that they have people publicly testing. 
is, is there value in that? Is there value in using the previous game as, as a test to try and get things right for the next version since they aren't going to do anything for two years? I mean, you could push through uh, some new rosters. You could do all kinds of things. You could try all kinds of tweaks and, and really get that polish and know, okay, this is what we need to do. Now let's implement that in NBA Live 21 or 22. Absolutely, but with restrictions. So uh, I would think that it's a good idea, but not to go that route of make of cheapening the game. As in, not go the route of making the expectation. Like, let's put it this way. I wouldn't go the route of putting Zion Williamson in Live 19. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't go the route of fully updating the game and making it almost like functional as a now roster and new release. Because they don't want to set that as the standard. Okay? Right. Um, so I, I would definitely not do that. But testing and as far as um getting you know the right people on the sticks and constantly testing um and using that as a base yes i think that's something they should be doing constantly and i think they should be tweaking constantly and testing more and tweaking and testing more the other thing i want to point out and you're going to know exactly what i'm talking about with this go back and play nba 2k um five for um, it's like um, it's like ESPN NBA 2K5 That's or whatever, and then play NBA 2K6 on the Xbox 360. A lot of that core gameplay that was in 2K5 is on 2K6. Yep. Right. It on different consoles, on different um, gens. Excuse me. Yeah. So like on different on different gens. So you can bring that core gameplay experience. And from you know, from a programmer's perspective, you can bring a lot of that into the new spectrum on a new gen. Um, so I think it's, uh, and that's part of the reason why I also think it would be possibly a good idea for them to try to release a certain style of gameplay and a new game for you know Live Twenty One, and if it's well received, you know, um, you know, in, in October or whatever or September, or whenever they end up releasing it, then they can use that as fuel for the gameplay for next-gen. Absolutely. And by the way, leading up to that, there could be all of that testing that you're talking about. But I don't want to get them, I, I don't want to see them get into the route, which I've heard of, you know, people say, you know, let's keep the same game, but keep updating the same game. Game Games as a service, yeah. Right, exactly. Or saying, okay, you want new rosters, here's $10 DLC charge. Yeah. Or twenty dollars. Um, because I still and it call me old school, call me old head, call me boomer, whatever you want to call me. I still think a yearly release is the way to go. Because it keeps things fresh, it keeps new ideas coming, it keeps um, you know, the anticipation for a new title and all the different faces and graphics and all of that stuff and just, you know, getting that new title in your hands. I don't think that novelty goes away. No. Um, well, so. not, not, not just that, but you look at history, will prove us right on this, there are some things you just can't patch. You need that time to re rework the code and to add new things and, and to fix different problems. And, of course, there's a bunch of legacy issues, which, uh, which we'll be talking about with, with 2K momentarily. But there are some things that, that are fixed from year to year that, that obviously can't be patched. You might be cynical and say that they don't want to patch it because then how, they sell, how will they sell the new game if they patch it? But there are things, obviously, that can't be patched or, or that will be too dangerous to patch on a live game and really make up, uh, mess up the experience or fix one thing but it ruins the other thing and need that extra time that, it, that a patch just isn't viable. It needs to be 
a rewrite of the code, which is dangerous to to push through with a patch, that, yeah, you, you need that new version to come out and fix things, especially if it's new tech that's actually going to improve the game and, and you, that you can't patch through. Right, exactly. And things that just take more time, um, which can be done in that yearly cycle behind the scenes. Exactly, um, yeah. But not, you know, the other, the other piece of this is if... If live came out flat, and we and I and I said this, and, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. If they came out flat, they can't really damage it anymore. I'm sorry, they they can't really damage the brand more than they already have. Yeah, in my opinion, I think, that's a fair point. Blunt, blunt but fair. It's t- they with the lack of marketing and the continued cancellations and the live 14 flop and you know the underperforming live 15 live 16 you know canceling live 17 and live 18 having some gameplay issues and not super well received etc. They can't do much worse now. I think they you have to you know try to hit a home run um, with you know an initial release on this gen. You know when 2K releases their first. Um, next gen game excuse me you know the other and the other piece is if if you look back at nba 2k and this goes back to the core gameplay and i hope i'm not going off on a tangent here but nba 2k 13 and nba 2k 14 next gen have a lot of the same gameplay mechanics oh yeah a lot of the same feeling a lot of the same feeling for the shooting a lot of the same for the dribbling a lot of the the, the same defensive um awareness and issues and issues like 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 they go back and forth in that way like good stuff and the bad stuff but i want to go back to what you said as far as do they work and test with the current build of live 19 or with that you know with the current gen ps4 those systems and stuff like that absolutely because it's been proven time and time again that that core gameplay can still be brought over to a new generation of consoles. And, and now the, the, the fact that the architecture is the same year to year, that it's, it's, they're making more powerful systems, but they're not changing the architecture, architecture, I should say, uh, excuse me. It's, yeah, it should be easier theoretically to, to bring that stuff over. There's, there's less, I guess, to, to rewrite, to, re, to, uh, to recode. Exactly. And uh, I think that a lot of it has to do, and you know this as well as I do, it has to do with time, resources, and priority, and, and you know, making it a priority. Uh, and, you know, getting enough people and the right people, you know, making the game and making the decisions for the game. That's another big one. Just the people making the decisions of what goes into it. Um, modes, features, you know, authenticity-wise and, and whatnot. But they just have to make it a priority, and we've talked about it before. I just feel like the NBA Live series has not been a priority for like a decade, at least. So. No, it, it it hasn't been. It, it's not their biggest seller. It's 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 a damaged brand, uh, as as much as it pains me to say it. And it, it's it is obviously not getting the the love that other other series are, and it doesn't have, I guess, the budget or the uh, the team that others do either. Maybe that will change now that they've got the uh, the Madrid studio as well, which I believe is also working on NBA Live. Um, uh, these days helping out with all kinds of tech and, and modes that's the big thing as well having those those depth modes that uh, those deep modes i should say that uh, they, they call them depth modes actually game modes depth modes whatever but whatever whatever that you call them they definitely need to be deep uh to to draw people in gameplay is paramount obviously but there's a lot of people that do like well, at least adjust to the gameplay of nba live in recent years but then they've got nothing to play because ultimate team is shallow they don't like the one or, or the streets or whatever 
and the franchise isn't where it needs to be. So you need to have that full package. We've said, we've said that so many times, that, that well-rounded package. And as far as using the last game as, uh, as a test, as, as a guinea pig, if you will, there, there, is a, there are people who, who still play the old games. That's, and that's something to tap into. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it in a, in a moment with uh, NBA 2K19 leading into NBA 2K20, but there are people who, for one reason or another, will stick with the game for a couple of years and, and not upgrade. And we've seen that with, with 2K trying to get people as many people into uh, 2K20 as possible. But the point is there are people who are playing those old games so that is, uh, there, there is value in reaching out to those people. I mean, 2K is, is currently trying to do it to get people to upgrade. Uh, Life could be, EA could be doing it to uh, to get people's feedback and to really shape that game for the future. Yeah, 100%. And you know I'm that type that goes back and plays the old games. <laughs> like, um, I I spend a lot of time throwing on some of the older titles, even some of the recent older titles, as, as much as I wasn't a fan of 2K18 at all and 2K19, I will routinely just throw them on on Steam and put them on the court for a minute. You know what I mean? Definitely, so yeah. uh, I think there are a lot of those people. And, and, and one good thing that Live did was keep up the servers longer for those old games. Yes. So they did get goodwill in that regard. Um, not, from a lot of people, no, not really. You know, in the big sc- scheme of things, not a lot of people. But with, with a few. And, and I think that as far as getting testers and people that they want on the sticks, um, you know, during a testing period, I think it has to be those people who, one, not only genuinely, you know, they have to genuinely care about the series. Two, they have to, you know, as far as they, they want it to succeed. They're not all, all negative all the time. They want the series to succeed. Um, two, they need to have, you know, in my opinion, kind of a history with the gameplay, like, like knowing the, ga- the, the, the game's past and how they played and all that stuff. But three, um, they're, you know, they're active with the games. They're playing them constantly. Like you said, maybe they're still playing Live 19. It's that, uh, that, 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 core, that core group of gamers that, as you say, are passionate about the game. They do care about the brand to some extent. That they want Live to succeed. They, they like some of the things that Live is bringing to the table. They're willing to do, to stick with that game despite a new despite not having a new Live and despite having a new 2K. It, as you say, yeah, that, that is the, the group you want to tap into because that is the dedicated core gamers that, okay, maybe they're not influencers. Maybe they don't have thousands of YouTube subscribers that they can promote the game, but they can give you some good feedback, some great feedback indeed. And and that's what you need to what you need to tap into more than more than people who are going to promote the game and then just throw it aside or they'll get the freebie and they'll say ha the game is trash play 2K everybody you know that's that doesn't help the, the game at all but that core group of gamers that will be uh, loyal to the brand or have that interest in the brand and will give you that great feedback and that honest feedback and that feedback that you can take and and make that great game with that is who you listen to that is who you tap into I agree 100 percent and you know the other thing too is. It doesn't not necessarily have to be a live gamer. Why not grab somebody from the 2K gaming space, the right person, and say, yep. "Hey, you know what? Tell us, tell us what you enjoy about 2K. Like when you're on the sticks, tell us what you enjoy doing." And maybe they even demonstrate what they enjoy doing on 2K, and then maybe they can say, "You know what? Well, we we need somebody who um, like you." who is experienced in the basketball, maybe they played both Live 19 and 2K, who is experienced in the basketball gaming space as a, as a player. And we want you, with your hands on the sticks, helping us make Live the best it can be. It's interesting you bring that up about 
you know, what do you like about 2K as well as what do you like and dislike about live? Because I remember people, uh, developers at, at community events that I've attended in the past, asking us things like that. But now with this new direction and the new younger demographic that they're going after, they don't seem to be asking those questions, which is funny because that younger demographic is playing 2K. So I don't want live to be a carbon copy of 2K. And, and people say that and say, no, that's not the point. But to have some of those staples that they absolutely need to be doing because that's what you need to do in a sim basketball game, then, and, and if 2K is continuing to be popular, then you have to ask what is making it popular and how can we do that in our, maybe in our way, but what do we do that's like them and what do we do that's kind of like them but in our own way? How do we adapt their ideas? Which ideas do we do pretty much verbatim? That's, those are the questions to be asking and, and to try and take it in, in a new direction I think has been a complete flop. Uh, not the way to go. It is not moving the needle in the way they want. Uh, you need to look at the brand leader and, and see which, which ideas you can. Some, some people say steal. I say adapt and adopt. Yeah, exactly. I you know I prefer the pa- the passing in two K. Why? I prefer the post game in two K. Why? I prefer you know shots on the move in two K. Why? You know I I prefer how transition t- defense is played in live. Why? You know it's it's getting down to the bottom of you know what games what gamers are enjoying on the sticks and what makes gameplay fun and you know what pace is fun and, and all of this stuff and. The bottom line is, is NBA 2K and NBA Live are doing the exact same thing in the big picture. They're both doing making simulation basketball games. Yeah. The rims are the same height. The courts are the same size. The teams they're representing in the current NBA are the same. Um, the ball is the same size. All of this stuff, you know, same number of refs on the court, same coaches, all of that stuff is in both series exactly, because they're yeah. replicating the same league. And basketball is basketball. So the bottom line is, is you want to make the best experience on the court. And 2K has taken plenty of things from live in the past, right? Strict dribbling. And, and, and done it well. And to that point, it's, yep. it's, not, it's not like you're compelling, uh, com- compelling, comparing uh, Fallout and Call of Duty, for example. Games, both games that have uh, first-person shooter mechanics, but are doing different things and have different settings and different themes. You know, as you say, they are basketball sims, so they, there are things that they both need to be doing, and 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 should take good ideas from each other. I, I want that. I, I want them to. If if there's a good idea, take that idea and try and make it even better, and try and do it the best. A perfect example of this: NBA 2K10 and NBA Live 10 play entirely different for the most part, like as far as the way they feel. Yeah. But they're replicating the same sport, and they do a lot of the same things well. Yes. But they feel different, and they're both fun, and that's the point. Is you're you're doing the same thing. You're you know you're you're replicating the same sport. You know you are going to have similarities, and you can do a lot of the same things well. But that doesn't mean that the mechanics need to be exactly the same, or they need to feel the same. Because if you look at Live Ten and Two K Ten, those games feel entirely different. But they both hit the spot. They have the same goal. So. Yep, they had the same. They had the same ultimate goal, and guess what? They actually both achieved it. Yep. Both games uh, received well. Um, they were on a global scale. They were both received well. They were reviewed well. Um, and I think we can get back to that. But live has to put in the dedication. Sometimes you have to look. To yeah. the, sometimes you have to look to the past because if you know, what's the old saying that uh, those who don't uh, uh, respect or, or know their history are doomed to repeat it. You know, that's I guess the way it is. But Sometimes you have to look back to the past to get those good ideas, and I, I think uh, 
think think live should do it and maybe 2k should do it as, as well with some of their approaches which uh, i guess we'll be talking about momentarily yeah they should and one of them's foot planning but yeah, yeah we, we can talk <laughs> yeah so. so so NBA 2K20 has been out, uh, on that note, NBA 2K20 has been out for about six months now. It's uh, Time has flown. We've mentioned that before. It's one of those things that happens when, you, uh, when you're an old, uh, old head in your 30s. You, know, <laughs> you kids listening, you'll, uh, you might, uh, might find that time flies quicker <laughs> as you get like us. But in any case, it has been out for six months. Uh, we do have some thoughts on the, on the game as it, uh, as it stands after six months. But something I noticed that, uh, that I was going to bring up last week and didn't, uh, I fired up NBA 2K19 uh, basically to get some screenshots and to compare the daily bonuses in my career because I've, I could swear they've been nerfed from last year, and in fact they have, so I can confirm that. But something that uh, interested me was a splash screen when I booted up the game, NBA 2K19, on uh, the PS4 version. I'm not sure if it comes up on PC as well. I, I haven't checked yet. But it's a splash screen that says, uh, Ball with the best in NBA 2K20. It's a special offer on NBA 2K20, uh, advertising when you fire up last year's game. And for a, the cost is in Australian dollars. It's thirty dollars Australian, twenty nine ninety five. They're calling it the NBA two K twenty Legacy Loyalty Bundle, and it's uh, you get a, a standard edition of NBA two K twenty, and you get a few bonuses as well. Uh, you get the Diamond Supply Co. apparel set for your my player, Fear of God shoe, uh, thirty five thousand VC, uh, six uh, six different skill boosts, uh, ten of them in six different categories. That is. Uh, 20,000 My Team points, two Prime My Team packs, two Spotlight My Team packs, and two My Team free agent cards, including a 93 overall uh, veteran Michael Jordan there. And yeah, so you can redeem that, obviously, for the, the lower price. Clearly, they're trying to get as many people playing NBA 2K20 as possible. Uh, they're, they're already doing record numbers. We talked about those record numbers, I believe, last week. And it's interesting, though, that even with those numbers, they are obviously trying to pump them up a little bit more, Derek, by getting people to to play and it suggests that there are still quite a few people playing nba 2k19 no absolutely you know two things first off as far as time going by faster you know these were old heads and we're old in general uh i feel like we just talked and did our last show like yesterday yes is it <laughs> I know, yeah it yeah. does yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we're already doing the next one um but two you there's an obvious um attempt to move and because they're like you would say there there's still a uh, player base for 2k19 um we see modding section um you can see it online and whatnot there's still people modding and playing that game they want to get as many people on 2k20 as possible and it's the same you know and that's like incentive for them to do it. it's trying to entice them to say hey you know what let's get the get the new game um but at the same time it's it's funny to see this because it's the same reason why they have like NBA 2K17 is still 60 bucks and 2K16 is still 60 bucks and 2K18 is still 60 bucks is be and, and you'll see 2K20 on sale for 20 bucks or like 25 bucks. And it's the new title, but that's because they don't want people. Right. Exactly. Which one are you going to get? They want you on the current game. They want all of the current advertising. They want them to see all the, um, you know, the new stuff that are, that's in the new game and, you know, get used to that experience because that's probably that experience with 2k 20. They doubt they're going to change the motion system or anything else. Again, it's probably going to be, um, heavily linked to their next game. Um, so I, I think it's, it's, it's important for them to, like you had said, you know, get them on the new game. And it's not surprising to me that they, they did that because as we stated, 2k 19 was, pretty well received i would say as far as 
from a gameplay standpoint. After 18, um, better definitely. Better than 18, yeah. Yeah. And looking at that deal, it's it's funny that they call it the legacy, legacy loyalty bonus, because you know, the idea that, yes, you... Uh, played 2k19 so yes you're, you're a loyal customer here's the the deal for 2k20 it, it's funny that because they could be doing so much more with loyalty bonuses like a what like a, an immediate boost to your to, to the people who pre-order you know they don't get a legacy uh, loyalty bonus so it's that and that comes back to the lack of goodwill that we've talked about before um and, and you look at some of those things i, I wouldn't mind doing um i wouldn't mind having some of those things and that and that jordan card and, and whatnot why not but I'm not going to buy the game again for it. You know, I'm not going to buy the digital version of the game after I bought the disc version uh, this year uh, just to get that kind of stuff, not for $30 Australian. You could probably get about that much VC for spending less than $30 anyway. Maybe not some of those other stuff, but whatever. But it's it just goes to show how they're really trying to pump up those numbers and bring people forward. And, and considering that they're already setting record numbers with 2K20, you know, I think I think they really want to break that 10 million mark of installations and... Uh, and really get every obviously getting people on there because that's where they're going to push the new content through, where they're going to be able to get people to buy VC. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that they're, that they're still doing that, and it, it does speak to the fact that some people just refuse to upgrade. And I think, I think as much as we say, oh, everybody wants to boycott and, and not play the the new game, and and Jim Sterling had that video recently about boycotts and how they're not necessarily, you know, with their well intentioned, but they don't really do anything to the fact to the to the point that, uh, and I'm sure you've seen the video. That uh, the bo- the word boycott and video game boycott is uh, a tainted term because it's people just don't follow through on it. But some people do. Some people don't buy the games. I know Ben hasn't bought two K twenty. Kenny didn't buy two K nineteen. And I know he tweeted out uh, the other day about not necessarily buying a two K twenty one that he might skip this year. So people do skip the years. I mean, you and I we buy the game every year, so we're part of the problem, I suppose, in some respects. But it's people are sticking with gamers and saying okay this is my last 2k game and some people say it and some people mean it so they are obviously trying to get people who are very committed to not upgrading yeah i think the thing is though is you would see a lot more people not buying 2k if they weren't the only competitor in the space true right so I i think part of the problem is is they say you know what you know, you know, they'll be like, you know, screw you. You know, we don't want to spend um, any more money on microtransactions. We're sick of the discon- the connectivity issues online. You know, the mode that I want to play the most, I get most frustrated with um, all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, what other basketball game are they going to play? And if they love basketball, and we've talked about this before, if they love basketball and they love the NBA, and we know how many millions of people love basketball in the NBA, and they also want to, you know, play virtual basketball, what other choice do they have? So I think it's it's hard to um, to gauge. Like I think that if you had another true competitor in the space, you'd see a tr- you you might see a true boycott of people not you know not only voicing it but you'd see the sales numbers take a dive yeah because they they, you know they yeah they jump ship they would say you know what this game has an online mode that's more fair to me and that i love or the mode that i like to play maybe franchise mode this this game is not only as or more enjoyable on the sticks but it doesn't give me as many as many frustrations and it has my modes i'll go and jump on that um and jump ship. So I, I would agree that 
it's it may not be it, it's it's like almost like a it seems like a fake boycott but you can't really blame people who want to play a basketball video game oh I, I like you can't yeah i i don't begrudge anyone for not being able to stick to their guns on that one because like you say it is the only game that is coming out every year it is a very consistent experience for better or worse there, there's a certain level of quality to 2k games even 2k18 which which is a game that i'm not sure i'll ever touch again for fun you know, I, I certainly might for might fire it up for, for features if I need to get a screenshot or something. Uh, it's probably not a game I'll go back to and play very often for my own enjoyment, as I might with other retro gaming, retro basketball gaming. Uh, but it, it's it's still offered a an experience that I I played for a while because Live 18 was it had its moments. I ended up playing that more actually once uh, in the new year. But that's that's just me. A lot of people who can't get into Live at all understandably so we'll stick with 2k because it does have at least that consistency a certain level of quality that is satisfactory to a certain point and and that is what 2k has been able to uh, to ride high on not to say they haven't been doing great things and haven't been putting in the work i don't want to disparage the developers here but certainly as, as far as the legacy issues and things like lack of goodwill they've, they've avoided losing and this is this is you know stating the obvious here but they've avoided losing uh, the audience with that kind of stuff because live even though it has been doing things like uh, avoiding the pay to win and outside of ultimate team i suppose but certainly with the with the career mode even though they've been avoiding those things that are lacking in goodwill that 2k has put their foot in their mouth and 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 kind of rubbed people the wrong way it's definitely rubbed rub people the wrong way with how they've handled it without a, a viable competitor without a, a strong competitor it it has it hasn't slant they haven't slammed the door on live like they could have, but at the same time they haven't lost at, the, at uh, they haven't lost sales. They haven't certainly doing a, a a significant amount. Of, new people have stepped up and bought the game. Others may have boycotted, but other people are stepping in and buying up the game anyway. So it hasn't really hurt the product uh, or the brand as much as you might expect if they had that viable competitor, as you say. Well, the other thing is, is it's pop culture. It's popular. Yeah. Uh, that's the other big piece of this. It's not just, like you said, it is a consistent experience for the most part. And people, um, you know, they'll, and it is the only game in the space. Um, but at the same time, you have Andre Drummond saying my rating is too low. You have guys in the NBA talking about their 2K rating. Yeah. You have Kevin Durant, even though it was a negative going on, um, on Twitter saying, man, the transition and um, transition defense in 2k 20 is killing me right now, <laughs> but they're still, they're still talking about it. Right. And I think that that's, that says a lot because you know, when NBA players are talking about it, Christ, it's an NBA video game. Yeah. When NBA yeah. players are talking about it um, and it's being brought up on TV outside of the NBA um, and you have other athletes who play it and they're promoting it on Twitter and Facebook and all of that stuff. And then you have your friends talking about it and saying, hey, did you pick up the new 2K? And, oh, this is the build I'm going to make and, and all of this stuff. And they have outstanding marketing. Pop culture and it being you know super popular in that way plays a major factor in how many times how, how many sales they make. Absolutely, um, yeah. So another company has to come in and, you know, basically become cool. They got to become the cool thing that kids want to play. And I think it's funny because I think Live is trying to do that with that new younger demographic that they've, that uh, Sean Grady has referred to before in, in previous uh, interviews, and, and certainly with the live events and the the clothing brands. But I don't think that's the way because ultimately it needs to be about basketball. Well, cool doesn't have an age on it. Yeah, you know. 
I, I'm 35, um, and I still think a whole lot of stuff is cool. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't speak the exact same language as um, as teenagers and you know late teens and in early 20s and whatnot, but you know we still enjoy things in life. And if you're still playing games, um, you know we're not dead. If you if you yeah. if you're still playing if you're still playing games, um, you know video games, and I think you and I will be for years to come. Yep. Because yep. It's, it's a hobby and we enjoy it and we love basketball. Um, then you're, you know, you can think something is, you know, cool on the basketball court the same as an 18 year old would. But I, I agree, you know, as far as modes go, I think that they knew, do need to bring back some of that retro content and, um, you know, make their modes more well rounded and reach more demographics, which we've talked about so many different times before. Because 2K. Uh, found a way with all of their content to yeah. appeal to all demographics. And it's because they have those retro teams and the all time teams and they have, um, whether they're done well or not, they're yeah. in the game. They're, they're there. Um, they have like all of the retro uniforms and they have all the different modes. Um, and they worked really hard on my league for those guys who those who the older crowd. That's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with these guys online and I just want to jump into a, my league. And I want to play against the computer or against somebody locally. They put like a really nice, well-rounded franchise experience, um, which live doesn't have. Uh, so I do think that you're right. I, I think um, I think that the, the attack, uh, going after the teen demographic like they did, and solely you know basing your marketing and the way your your modes are set up and your gameplay is based on on that was a big mistake. And again, the the teens, the younger people are playing two K because that's what's cool. So if you if you are not doing the same thing, then as as we talked about before, it's it's kind of the kiss of death in that respect. But yeah. do you play live like that? Like that's basically oh, you mean you play live? Oh my god, get out of here! Like LOL. how can you play it live? Like <laughs> lol, old head. But uh... yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, boomer. Why don't you go play sports NBA live? Because uh, yeah, uh, you know. That's uh, the boomers really loved NBA Live back in the day. That wasn't that wasn't Gen X and Gen Y, but anyway, <laughs> it's uh, silliness. But but yes, yeah, so Two K Twenty is uh, has been out for six months. Uh, a lot of people are playing it. Two K obviously trying to get more people to play it to really pump up those numbers. As we said, keep saying that. I'm going to put that. Just gonna, I'm just going to put that uh, saying to bed right now. But Two K Twenty, how do we feel about it six months in? And my the podcast I did with Kenny after Two K Twenty came out. We were trying to to put it into perspective, and it was it was very new at the time. Obviously, just come out, and when it, when a game is new, you, you like anything, try to put something in historical perspective, or, or really get that that definitive answer as to the quality and how it how it stands, how it ranks among its peers, its predecessors, is uh, is tough to do at that time. But we had our initial impressions, and at the time, it seemed like a lot of people either felt it was the best game ever or the worst game ever, in the, or at least in the series, in the two K series, or maybe at least the generation. Uh, I felt I, that neither. I felt that was too extreme either way. I felt it was neither the worst nor the best. Um, how are you feeling about it uh, six months in? Well, to start off, when when I first picked it up, as far as that first impression, it was you. And, and this is why I think that it makes sense where people said it's either the best ever, this is the best gameplay experience I've ever had, or the worst, is because they made another change to the motion system. Yeah. And when you make a 
change like that um, where you change the um, the running and change of direction and you overhaul the dribbling like they took away size ups um, and you do things like that. I think that's the type of reaction you get. It depends on how adaptable the person is. Good point. A yeah. lot of times, sometimes it also depends on their skill level and how they like to play the game. So for me, when, when I picked it up, I didn't like the movement almost immediately. Um, I had feelings of 2K18 and 2K19 with the skating, which I talked about at length um, in a couple different threads. Uh, you, yours specifically, 2K on ice, um, which kind of highlighted some like some of the skating yeah <laughs> that was in the game um and that thread got a mixed reaction but i think a lot of people were mostly agreeing with you yeah um you and i but i i was able to adapt to it and i six months in the only thing that's changed for me really from a gameplay perspective is my own slider tweaks. I made a lot of different slider tweaks that tweaks that helped the movement. And now my brother and I are 16 games into a, my league with two different teams. And we've played, you know, 30 plus games over the last few weeks. So I, by default with the movement and whatnot in the game. And we talked about this before the call. I don't really notice a difference from when I first booted up 2k 20. No, um, I think that this year, you know, we've had the multiple uh, patches that went through that said many more fixes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Allegedly. Or Allegedly. Many different ways that to enhance your game, like stuff like that, um, or many other ways to enhance your game. And then most of the patch notes have been related more to, like, enhancing online connectivity or adding things to my park or my or, or tweaking my career or, or stuff like that. So Fixing there hasn't bugs. been a lot. Yes, basically bug fixes. Um, so I, I think that most mostly they've kept the gameplay intact. And I have to be honest with you, that's refreshing. Yeah. I, no, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's one so. of those things, it's a double-edged sword, where if they, if they don't change it, then you're stuck with those issues. But if they change too much, then it, you, you lose that consistency and what felt really good then suddenly feels bad. And then you got, you, there is that seesaw effect between the good and the bad and things that you like and dislike. To, and, and listening to different parts of the community and, and changing it from patch to patch is not good either. So it, consistency for its problems as far as not fixing issues is probably the way to go. It's, it's what they'd prefer. They've, they've mentioned wanting to do that with their patches. I think after 2K17, which I, I really enjoyed 2K17, but it did a lot of those patches, as you know, did, did change things in the game that, and, and for some, in some respect, basically, possibly ruin parts of the game right and look at live 19 yeah yeah absolutely. live 19 demo gameplay in the first couple of weeks where i bet i mean like i said before i uploaded a video i made a gameplay video and i said nba live 19 this game is so fun with exclamation points like i was like wow i'm yeah. really enjoying the game here um it was a new experience for me and i thought it was solid and then they ruined the shooting the passing the movement they made it sluggish they did all of these things that um, that hurt the gameplay through patches. And for me, the last time me, my brother and I played this, we had probably zero enjoyment yeah. in our experience. And that's really disappointing because I still have those videos up on YouTube and I go back and I watch and I'm like, man, we were having a good time. 
Like you yeah. can see it, you know, by the way we're playing. So no, I think it's a good thing that 2K20 um, hasn't had a lot of gameplay fixes, and that kind of goes back to you and I kind of being old school and and back to the days where you basically had the game you bought yeah. like you you you, you, you know live to you adjust it right you had live 2000 there were no patches for gameplay for yeah. live 2000 you you basically the game that you turned on is the same game that you would have when the new game comes out um if and you, i think that if you got a patch and, and I guess, back in the day if you got a patch and usually for the pc version because it was really pretty much the only version you could patch you could do a second run of, of discs or cartridges back in the day which which would happen sometimes obviously uh, different revisions and arcade revisions the arcade cabinets the the rom but mostly it was pc pc version getting patches sometimes there'd be some gameplay fixes maybe a new option was was added for fatigue or something like that with the nba live 07 pc uh, i think they made a couple of adjustments to uh, to a couple of things or tweaking some tendencies in NBA Live 99's patches and of course they had to push push through the uh, the new rosters because they couldn't be couldn't launch with it because of the lockout that year. So th- there were some, but you look at the laundry list of gameplay fixes and changes and tuning uh, enhancements things like that in in recent years. They they're just so much longer than they used to be. If you get one patch or one or two patches a year, maybe they'd touch some gameplay issues, but it was usually technical fixes. So they've kind of gone back to that which is which is refreshing as you said that they're, they're looking for that consistency as far as the feel of the game I, I would definitely agree as far as feeling it was more like 2k18 with the movement uh, it felt like it was mo- going back towards that a little bit but at the same time i didn't dislike it as much as 2k18 it felt more like 2k18 than 19 but still felt better which which i enjoyed and my enjoyment of 2k20 has been kind of on par with 2k19 which is a game i quite liked and spent a lot of time with and i, and I have spent time with 2k20 as well uh, that i am still playing it Whereas 2K18, by, by this point in, in 2018, I'd given up on 2K18. The fact that I'm still playing 2K20 uh, and that I play 2K19 pretty much up to the launch of 2K20 last year, I, I think uh, speaks volumes as, as far as my, my personal feelings towards it. I, it's one of, my, one of the games I've certainly enjoyed the most uh, of this generation, objectively the best. Oh, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably say 19 or 17 for me. Would, would probably rank above it in some, in some respects, although I am really enjoying my team this year in, in 2K20. Uh, it's I, I would rank it towards the top of this generation, at least as far as my enjoyment is concerned. Uh, the, the problem for me, and, and you may agree with this, is that by this point there's been some, there's a lot of legacy issues in the game, and for all the good things that 2K20 does, those legacy issues, the frustration with them is compounded by this point. And I think that's maybe my biggest problem with the game, apart from issues with online, which I'll, I'll get to momentarily. Yeah, and we talked about that. You know, there's entire threads on Operation Sports saying, you know, tw- after 20 years, legacy issues have killed me, basically. Yeah. Um, for me, with 2K20, I would say, you know, when your comparison, like we had talked about with 2K18, I enjoy 2K20 a lot more, uh, mostly because I was able to create a gameplay experience that was more ideal for me yep. via slider. Um, and with 2K18, I was unable to do that. Um, no matter which slider set or which slider tweaks I made with 2K18, the gameplay still felt incredibly scripted and ridiculous. Um, and it was just too easy to run by people to the basket. And I felt like every single time I played NBA 2K18, I could just exploit it constantly. Yeah. yeah. Whether against a human or a computer um, or, you know, artificial intelligence. Um, I think it speaks volumes for me as well that 
we are six months in and I'm playing NBA 2K20 the most um, since 2K17 um, that I've played more games on 2K20 now probably than 2K18 and 2K19 combined. Um, So I think that speaks volumes as far as um, what I was able to do um, with, and that's not me being cocky saying, oh, I was able to fix things. I think that if you know how to tweak sliders and you can get the most out of the game and curb some issues or, or make it feel better on the sticks and you can do that all the power to you Oh yeah, because yeah. you'll just make, create so many more memories with the game and it's going to, you're going to be immersed in it longer. And we were able, you know, I was able to do that. And that, and like I said on that thread, you know, my slider set may not be for everybody, but you know what? It's for me and my brother and it yeah. works. So, and that's what matters. I think that, um, as far as 2K20s, you know, going forward, because we're six months in, I don't think we're going to see any more gameplay updates. No, no. You know, made minor ones um, during the cycle, and it's mostly stayed the same, which is good. I think that's it. I think anything that they do moving forward is just going to be really, you know, bug fixes and maybe a couple more enhancements to some of the online modes. Um but I, I just I think that's pretty much it, and this is what we're going to get. And you know what? I'm happy with that for for right now. And it's it's usually the standard. It's unusual to see big updates come through around about the eight to ten month uh, cycle. We saw that with NBA Live last year, with NBA Live 19, for better and worse. That some things they fixed and they just went and completely ruined the shooting. So we have seen it, but usually with 2K, after six months, it's 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 the game. That this is NBA 2K20. It's 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 uh, you know not to get too anime on everybody, but this is its final form. Basically, it's uh, this is this is how 2K20 has shaped up, and I, I think it has become a very solid game. It's it's a game that I do still play. Uh, it, it is the legacy issues that bother me. It's it's other things that that are kind of on us as a community, but also on 2K to really curate as far as their experience goes. Uh, playing online because I still will jump into. Uh, the wreck from time to time. If if I haven't gone out for my walk, for my run, the uh, on the day I'll get on the on the stationary bike and I'll play a game of uh, the wreck because it takes about half an hour, so it's a good workout while I'm uh, running up and down the virtual hardwood. I'm actually on the bike sometimes. It's a uh, it's you know it's a good distraction while you're uh, while you're working out. Um, yeah, and and so I'll get into the wreck uh, every so often. But it it has it have been some uh, very positive uh, sessions that I've had that I've thought, oh, that's that's a really good game, a really satisfying win, or even if it's or just a satisfying competitive game, but certainly there are people on there who are in playing very toxically, uh, have a very toxic style of uh, of, of gameplay, of, of freezing you out, of, of just launching shots, not not getting rid of that player one mentality, uh, the lack of matchmaking, the way the team pro am is just no longer viable if you don't have the five at least five users every single time. It's things like that, the, the gatekeeping. I think it's it's. Things that, that are still in the game after a couple of years that I think were a bad direction that they haven't changed, uh, that concerns me a bit moving forward as well, that they haven't changed that. Uh, some of the things that they do with my team, obviously. Um, and th- that and on the subject of my team, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, have you seen some of the cards that have uh, come out lately? I actually haven't. No, I have not. There's a, there's a Dwight Howard card that has an 85 in three-point rating. Oh, no, I did see it. Okay, yeah, so no, thank you. That just reminded me. No, there was um, somebody who did a thread on this on Twitter, and they were talking about the most outrageous ratings. Was it shaken? Ba- was it shaken bake? Because I know because he's very my team hearted. It might have been shaken bake. Somebody said I look like him, and I 
I don't think I look like him. They commented on my YouTube video. They're like, oh, look, you look like Shake and Bake. And I looked him up. I'm like, I don't look like Shake and Bake. Um, but uh, oh, yeah. oh, they, 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 I think all Celtics fans look the same. A bit rude. Or, or, I don't know. We're both white. <laughs> I don't know. I have no, I, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, I did see that. They were talking about not only his three-point rating, but I think it was Yao Ming's or something that was, like, ridiculously high. And they're like... Basically, the, the the post was, just to let you guys know, this is killing my team. Yeah. Like, it makes my team outrageous. Like, it makes it unrealistic and it defeats the purpose. And you know what that makes me go back and think of? Um, this is still on topic. But if I, I used to love NBA 2K15, my team. Like, it's the, mo- it's the game that I played the most my team on. Uh-huh. And playing my, my team on 2K15, you didn't see any of that. No. Do you know what no. I mean? outrageous cards and the when you when you got a player you were like you know what i just got the best version of akeem olajuwon but you knew you weren't out there popping threes with akeem no you were basically like okay he's great in the post he's going to anchor my defense and all of this stuff but you know with the new cards and what they're doing i think um there was another big guy that they had ta- that i saw on this thread that they talked about that had like a 93 three-point rating and he shouldn't um but it's like doesn't that defeat the perp? Like, these kids, I don't want to go off on a rant, but there's a, not just these kids. People, in general, don't know enough about basketball history. Mm. You know, what if, these ki- what if these people don't, you know, follow the NBA a lot and they see Dwight Howard with an 85 three-point rating? Yeah. Are they going to, you know, in conversation, are they going to say, what do you mean Dwight Howard can shoot threes? You can in 2K. He can in 2K. I mean, it's 2K. They, you know, that's simulation. They market their game as a simulation basketball game. So I think it hurts in a multiple, in multiple ways, but I, I, I don't uh, approve um, for me that I wouldn't enjoy that experience. Well, there's, there's, in a similar, uh, in a similar vein, uh, Giannis has just got a new card out in, in one of the latest packs where he's got a gold range extender badge, which is the, uh, which is the, the new badge for, uh, to be able to hit long range, really long threes, which uh, Giannis is starting to hit a few threes, but it is still certainly not his forte. And it's that lack of realism and that lack of, of uh, yeah, yeah, simply that as pure lack of realism in the in the my team cards and the boosted cards and everything. It it kind of makes it pointless from a from a gameplay standpoint because it's a very homogenized experience. Then why bother getting a great three point shooter? Why bother seeking out a Steph Curry card when you can get a Giannis card that can do it just as well? And so it's that very homogenized style of play. Uh, it, it's really just based on oh, this is an awesome card. Let's 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 pump some money into the mode. Let's get the VC so we can pull this great card. It's that artificial demand of a card of, of having that overpowered, ridiculously overpowered Dwight Howard. Also, the Dwight Howard card. Uh, Jack Bill went into this in a video. Has also got great uh, dribbling ratings, so he can basically dribble like Iverson and shoot threes like Curry. And that's not his forte. That's that's not what he does. So that, the card should reflect that because you should be able to put together that team that. That, that is based in reality, that is based on the strength, you know, that you have to have those strengths and weaknesses. Do, okay, do I have a center that, that can't stretch the floor, but he's a great post-up? Things like that. I mean, that is part of the strategy of the mode as well, putting that together. But when all the card, when, when you get cards that can do everything, what's the point in collecting your favorites or collecting specific cards? I, I think that really defeats the purpose of the Fantasy My Team mode. Well, two things with that. Number one, if I see a Dwight Howard with an 85 on uh, three-point shooting, I, I, I better see... John Stockton with a 98 dunk rating. You know what? Why not? 
give me give me that full arcade. Let's let's go back. Let's make this NBA Jam and NBA Street. How about that? Right. Let's. And that's not insulting. Those games are arcade games. Yeah. Okay. If I want to, if I want to step out with Dikembe Mutombo and stroke three threes in a row and get on fire in NBA Jam, you damn right I'm going to go out there and do that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to feel bad about it. Because especially back then, with his face looks exactly like Kendall Gill's, and it's not a simulation game. <laughs> so you know, the, the point, that's number one. Number two, it kind of goes back to the thing that we talked about on a prior podcast. What was one of the things that bothered me about NBA 2K20? Takeover. You got your guy, your, your player gets an, a, a fire circle, like an entire circle that's on fire underneath your player and suddenly your player is superhuman yeah and he's sliding around like crazy and moving like 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 arcade he's not moving like a like it's not like realistic at all like the takeover thing there's a you know there is a thing called being in the zone and you know you you get a shot going and you get on a streak but being able to have like all your ratings like go up in like certain areas and then in all of that stuff for a certain period of time and basically making that you know takeover is you know making it more arcade is right in line with making dwight howard an 85 on three point absolutely it's not really it doesn't belong in a simulation basketball game you want to if you want to question me go on steam not you any listeners <laughs> but you know you go on steam and look underneath where it's, you pull up the store page and it'll say right under nba 2k20 simulation yeah and if you pull up nba playgrounds too NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, one of the worst names in history. If you look down and you look at the tag, it says Arcade. Yes. Um, so the point is is that that doesn't belong. I think it, it muddies the waters of history as well and, and, and you know, how people perceive history, especially if they're not really educated at the game. And um, Regardless you know, about basketball or NBA history, but I just don't think that or takeover belongs in the game. It's it is heartwarming to see people on Twitter uh, agreeing with 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 the criticism of this and saying that this is not realistic that that our, that our George Mikan shouldn't have a super fast release that our George Mikan shouldn't be able to stroke threes from half court. It's there is this, this pushback on it and it, it's it'll be interesting to see if Two K does pull back on it from that pushback to make it a bit more of a sim situation because they were trying to get away with that uh, get away from that I should say I think in, in previous years. Uh, there was an initial pushback on the moments cards where you'd get uh, somebody who you get the really juiced moments card for a player that were that they were rated higher than the legends or, or even the, the stars of today that you, if somebody had a great game you know, during the week then suddenly they've got a moments card and they're rated like LeBron, you know a, a, a Bryn Forbes has now now got a card that's rated uh, on the level of LeBron James for example people were saying well this is kind of silly that yeah, yes you you're trying to represent their moment but that's the moment from one game that's now they're boosting and they've tried to change that a bit with the heat check cards that that's been their their response to that but we, we still see that that uh inconsistency and those uh, inaccuracies with the ratings in my team we see them in, in the in the roster as well but at least with the with rosters from my league or whatever not so much my team uh my career i should say but at least with those default rosters you can change that you can take badges off you can upgrade badges uh, you can edit ratings, things like that. With my team, you, much like my career, you're stuck with what the game provides you as far as the official rosters, the official ratings. And yeah, it, it's just really a really homogenized experience. Uh, I don't notice it as much playing offline. 
I think the I, I don't play my team online at all. I think that would just be a complete mess because of the pay-to-win mechanics of being able to the people who just spend thousands of dollars to pull the best cards. You know, I'm not going to do that. Haven't spent a cent on uh, 2K20. Don't intend to. So that, that that really changes the balance of online. It, it probably is a mess. Offline, it's not too bad because it, it's you've got more of the balanced teams that are coming at you, and you can put together the team that you want. So it's it's better that way. And this is not to say that. Uh, Offline play is better than online, but this is where offline is, or <laughs> as a rule, I should say. But this is where offline play can be so much better because you don't have those imbalances that, unfortunately, two K are not really. I mean, I don't want to say they don't care about them, but it might might be the this might be the, the vision might be the focus. So, and, and and I don't think it necessarily leads to the best experience. So sometimes, offline is better. Yeah. I mean, one thing about the moments card, you know, if if that's the case, you know, where's my 98 overall Brandon Jennings for scoring 50? Yeah. And where's my oh my Tony Delk for scoring 50? Um, if they have the you know, license for him, where's my 98 overall Tony Delk? You know, you can go back in history and with most players and Willie find Burton. a game where they shine. Yeah, Willie Burton. Yeah, you have, uh, you know, Tyler Hansborough, I believe, had like a 25.18 rebound game. Where's my 92 overall Tyler Hansborough? And I, I want to start him at power forward. Yeah. Um, you know, LeBron James is not a good three-point shooter this year. Like he's below league average for three-point shooting, and he's um, like 34% outside the paint or 33% for the season. But in the la- in a, g- a couple games ago, you may have seen this, he stepped across half court and took a shot that he's missed like 20 times during the season and made one yeah. from like half circle. So are you going to give him a moments card of LeBron James with a 98 on three? For that one game, and now everybody can shoot, you know, ridiculous percentages with LeBron James from three, which he can't. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's that's, that's well, how it's, it's gone in, in the official rosters. But with my team, it is definitely that problem because you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Right, exactly. And you know, as far as you said, like offline, one thing there's there's a, there's pros and cons. So basically, because the gameplay is just tailored so much to the online experience now which I think has eroded the offline gameplay. That's why offline gaming can get kind of frustrating in itself. So while you can say, you know what, I'm going to escape that online toxic experience, a lot of the things that are frustrating in online game, you're experiencing an offline game. True. Because gameplay is still part of that same mechanic. So that's, that's one frustrating thing. And I think both of us have talked about this since they have started moving in that direction. You have seen a decline in certain in gameplay quality. Um, because you can tell that it's tailored towards that individual control experience of one player as opposed to five-on-five in unison on the floor. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing. The other thing, too, is the the reason why 2k can be so strong and even if another player comes into the place and does a decent job into the space and does a decent job the reason they can be strong still is because they have all of those that offline content and it's because they didn't forget about the offline gamer as far as content goes and as far as customization goes and if you think about it just recently they revamped the create a player feature which directly caters to that offline gamer you know to be able to have a much better create a player feature than what 2k17 and 16 had 
uh, but play, they also, play DNA. That, that's a new feature from the last couple of years. Yeah, I was just about to thank you. Yeah, and you read my mind. So, And then the other piece is a huge thing for rostered makers is import player DNA. And what is that good for? Offline. So, again, they're enhancing a lot of the offline stuff. Um, you know, a few years ago, they, you know, they keep coming out with new classic teams. Good. Well done? No. But they're there. Um, but they've also, and it started with 2K16, not only did they allow you to ha- add six more teams to my league, if you remember correctly, so it used to be only 30, but now yeah. you can do a custom league with 36 teams, but they also added the ability to do custom courts and custom jerseys and create, you know, and move your team to a different city and rename your team and create your logo and upload your art and all of that stuff. That was not too long ago. You know, people may think that that's been in the series for a long time, but that started in like 2K16. Yeah, uh, within the past five so years, they, basically. Yep, yep, exactly. So with all those new features in the WNBA, so you know, with all of those new um, the features to online and and all of that stuff, you know, they haven't along the way as far as adding features and content and different things that um, you know those offline players can get immersed in. They haven't forgot about us. They've been adding a lot of different things. And I think that's why 2K20 does remain that very well-rounded product, the, the kind of product we want live to be as well, because there is it does cater to everybody as well as it should in every regard. Not necessarily, as you said, the custom team, the cl- custom teams, classic teams, I should say, are not as as deep as we'd like. We we see emissions. Um, there are still some very big names missing that that they haven't been able to secure. That that's not always on them, but then at the same time, then. Charles Barkley has said that he'll he'll be in the game if they if they make that that uh, donation to the play the retired players association and for all the recurrent revenue they could probably do it and get him in the game I think that would probably even sell more copies and more VC if he's there in my team and everything so I think it would uh, I think it would pay dividends that uh, that investment for them to do and it would also be nice for them to do to to give back because the historical content has been such a draw for them but as you say the point is that it is there there is something that, that caters for everybody and that's why 2K does remain very very solid all around despite the legacy issues that um it's one of those funny things when i'm playing 2k20 that i'll have that moment of frustration um and and sometimes i'll tweet out about it and sometimes i'll delete those tweets because i think they're a bit snarky mentioned that last week that it was um no i don't want to put that out there that's um not 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 that i'm afraid to express my opinion in that regard but it was just like nah this is a bit childish of me to do um i'll I'll just scrub that, that one but I have those moments. I absolutely have those moments where I'm frustrated with the game, and I think, why, why is this not being fixed? Uh, why is this still a thing? Why are they still doing it this way? But then I'll have another session that's that's really fun and that I'm enjoying, and say, well, this is why I'm still playing the game six months in. Yeah, and we talked about this. The main thing is, is are you creating memories with the game, and are you creating more memories than you are with fr- getting frustration? And that's where my brother and I are at, is we have more with 2K20, and that's why I've been uploading a plethora of videos, gameplay videos, and we've been playing a lot of games, is we're getting more enjoyment out of it than frustration. Because we're, we're enjoying some of the breathtaking drive animations and some of the, um, the posterizing dunks. And we're enjoying um, some of the, the new dribbling as far as, you know, pushing back on the joystick and executing step backs. And, you know, some of the quick joystick to the side dribble animations that create separation. And we're enjoying shot blocking at the rim 
um, and how rewarding that can be at times. And we're enjoying um, jumping the passing lanes and stuff. And a lot of this is, is, is possible because of some of our tweaks with quickness and acceleration um, and speed and movement with and without the ball. Um, but at the same time, we're getting more enjoyment than frustration and that's out what of it, the game. It's what it comes down to is that seesaw of, of feeling frustrated and feeling uh, really entertained by the game. Are the positives outweighing the negatives? I mean, it's a very straightforward thing to say, very obvious, uh, uh, stating the obvious here. But you compare that to 2K18, where there were some positive aspects to that game. I did have some fun memories with it, but it got to the point where I simply wasn't having fun with the game, so I stopped playing it. And I think I even wrote an article about it, knowing when to quit, knowing when to say, okay, this game is just not fun, I'm not going to play it anymore. Which is, again, sounds like it's a very obvious thing to to understand. But there is that especially if you've put some money into the game, if you've bought some VC to upgrade a player or to get some My Team uh, packs, there is that investment, which is what they're banking on, obviously, literally and figuratively, what they're banking on, to, to get you hooked on the game. And with, with 2K20, I do feel reasonably hooked that I will have a frustrating session and I might say, okay, well, I'm not going to play uh, I'm not gonna play that online anymore. I'm not going to go to the rec for a couple of days. I'll just stick with some My Career and My Team, a bit of My League or just, you know, a, a play now or whatever. And, you've, and of course, having those options, once again, is great that you can switch between them when the frustration builds. That is something that NBA Live, once again, hasn't done as well, that when you're frustrated with one mode, the major mode they've been focusing on, or if you're not feeling it, too bad because there's nothing else to really hook you in. But compared to a 2K18, even though I had those same uh, observations about the, the movement and there were some things that took a bit of adjustment as far as going from 2K19 to 2K20, still felt that investment, still felt hooked on the game, I'm still interested in playing it. And that, that there's more, even with the rec sometimes, that when you have that good game and you, th- and you think, well, that's, that's, that's good. You know, this makes me feel like jumping in and trying it again some other time as well. And that I, that I can jump in every now and again and, and enjoy that game and, uh, and, and enjoy that mode. And when I don't, there's, there's something else to, to play. And, and even when I have a frustrating session, I, say, I might say, okay, that's it. You know, I'm not playing any more games tonight. I, I may not play for that, that mode for a couple of uh, uh, of days, but I'll play something else. So 2K20 has uh, succeeded in that respect uh, as far as being uh, enjoyable six months in. And that's, again, 2K, by this time in the 2K18 cycle, I'd already given up on the game. And that's probably January, actually, for 2K18, which is only after, what, three or four months. So that speaks volumes. You know, if, if you are still playing that game six months in, uh, because I, I don't know how many people actually finish seasons and such in, in basketball games, because it is a, a long grind, especially if you are playing 12-minute quarters and, and playing full seasons and not simulating. It's because, and, and because a game, new game comes out every year, there's always going to be some level of unfinished business, is there not, in basketball games? So if you, if you are still playing it six months in and really getting stuck into it, I, I think that's a game, not a perfect game, but, but, a, but a definitely a very good one and one that is succeeding in what it's set out to do, which is to as you say, create memories on the virtual hardwood uh, to keep you hooked and enjoying it one way or the other. Well, you say hooked. Sometimes being getting hooked is just buying the base game and feeling like the gameplay is good. Mm. Sometimes that's Absolutely. enough. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough. It doesn't need to be a special mode or anything like that. And that's why I talk about live in, in EA Sports needing to have like a great first impression. Yeah. And have that experience that people like because there's still a lot of people that just go in and play exhibition and put two teams on the floor. People do that with Madden. 
you know, they have buddies over or they're playing online and, and yes, it's online, but it's still like the core gameplay. Like they're just, they're just picking two teams and going at it. You know what I mean? And if the gameplay is strong at its core and it has, you know, maybe they never even go online like me, you know, I can buy the game for 60 bucks. And if the game is solid, I'm going to put hundreds of hours into that game. I, I can get hooked. And I don't even have to touch my team. And I don't even have to go online. If I only operate off of Exhibition, a.k.a. Play Now, and my league, that's it. And you know why? Because the gameplay is good overall. If the gameplay, if the gameplay is poor, like, say, Live 14, do you think I'm going to... Let's say it had all the modes in the world. Let's say that Live 14 had all the content that 2K20 had. Yeah. Do you think that I would spend that much time on the game? There's no way. I don't think any. I don't think even the most ardent supporter could. Exactly. And so that's the point that, and that's the point that I want to make with that. As far as you know, when we say hooked, it doesn't mean you know hooked on a mode. It doesn't no. necessarily have to be or or a certain playing online or you know playing with a certain person. It can just be the gameplay. It, it does and help. Though. It I, does help have that depth. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, if you think about it, well, let's put it, th- th- no, this, th- well, to that point, if they didn't have a My League in, you know, that could be two players in NBA 2- 2K20, not one of the, what, like 30 videos I've uploaded would have been uploaded. Right. Because those games never, those games never would have been played. Do you want to know why my brother and I stayed away from playing Live 16? Because in their franchise mode, you couldn't play it, you couldn't select more than one team. Yeah. So in Dynasty, you so like you say, depth does matter in that way. So my brother and I, you would have probably seen a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel for Live 16 um, because I had Elgato, and I could do that. Um, but the fact that we can't even play against each other in a seat in a Dynasty, even if we loved the gameplay, how many videos do you think I would have put up? Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 It has to have that. It has to have that balance. But anyway. You know, six months in with 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 NBA 2K20, this is the most I've played in a 2K game since 2K17, and that makes me and you can agree with this probably. It makes me hopeful for what they're going to come into. You know, with with next gen. Well, the consistency speaks for itself. That the next gen. I mean, I hope they don't repeat some of the mistakes that they made when they when they brought 2K14 to next gen because it did take some steps back with the roster editing. With uh, with some of the things that they did there, the menus were terrible. They, the fact that they only had five save slots between uh, between two modes, uh, so they had their problems. Obviously, uh, I, I think this time, I would I would hope it's it's not going to be the same. I, I think if anything, we, we're probably going to see the same modes, the same features uh, out, out of the gate. We might see a big new mode that's that celebrate or a big new feature that celebrates the uh, additional power, additional processing power, RAM and whatnot. But I, I think the main thing we'll, we'll see is, is a graphical improvement. Um, I, I don't think we'll see that that because it, it was a bit of a flop. Two K fourteen next gen is uh, is one of my least favorite games. I, I'm actually two K fourteen is not a game I'm very fond of. Uh, regardless, I prefer two K thirteen. But yeah, six six months in again, I, I'm I'm the same. I'm still playing the game. Uh, I was the same last year with two K nineteen. So it's nice to have two years in a row and, and three out of the last four where I've really been able to get hooked on a game from launch to the launch of the next one, I think that's that's really important because we're never going to get everything out of a game within a year. It's impossible. You can play a season or two or more if you're simulating and you can have a lot of fun with the game, but there's always going to be some level of unfinished business in basketball games because a year is just not enough to 
to really play them. I mean, you look at a game, again, I bring up a favorite here of Fallout, and Fallout 3, New Vegas, and uh, and 4 is maybe not so much 76. That's, a, that's another whole other issue. But the fact that you can replay that multiple times, multiple characters, and do things different ways, and find things that you've... I've, there are things that I've, I've, fi- I've found out years later in Fallout, sometimes only because I've heard heard on them, heard about them through social media or, or Reddit or whatever, or forum somewhere someone's mentioned it and I've realized oh that's that's just that's a thing in the game and you, and you look it up and you actually experience it yourself because it's there's so much to do uh you, you have time because you've got multiple years between releases with with the basketball games live or 2k uh not so much games like street and jam that do have years between them and, and not so much playgrounds I suppose but th- you've got all that time you've got so much uh time in those games those other games to really explore all their secrets and to play the hell out of them and, and play and, and get everything you possibly can squeeze out of that experience dlc or otherwise with with the basketball games you've got a year to do it essentially and, and it's getting less because the, the the releases seem to be coming up they keep pushing the releases closer and closer to the last game so there's it's less than a year sometimes date to date of actually playing the games and getting the most out of them so there's always going to be some unfinished business which is uh, a shame but i think it's also it's it's good for the offline content but for the online stuff, the servers get shut down, um, and and then you can't go back and, and finish that business, which is kind of a shame. But yeah, there's, there's just so much to do in a basketball game. But I think as long as you feel that even if there's stuff that you didn't touch, that you're still getting your money's worth, that's what it comes down to. You, you know, I, I don't feel as long as you don't have to feel that you have to do absolutely everything in a game to get the your money's worth in a basketball game, because it's impossible in a year, as I said. That's that is the main thing. I have to laugh at the people that say, um, they make a comment, oh, you can go 80 seasons in on NBA 2K. Like, you can, like, simulate. Yeah. Or, or How many people you think play, let's say even play, like, actually go on the virtual hardwood and, and play the games? How many people do you think get five seasons in? Yeah. <laughs> like, you would, you would so, have to, I, yeah. I, I, I think that's why some people, I mean, some people who stick with games for a couple of years would be able to do it. But other than that, yeah, it's, it would be very hard to do. And it's as much as I love having that length of, of, of franchise modes, I feel sometimes it's overkill. Yeah, you know, we'll have to talk about that on another podcast as far as people, like, you know, preferences. Like, people, you know, what do you do? Do you play 48 minutes? Why do you play 48 minutes? Mm. Do you play 36 minutes? Do you play 32 minutes? You know, do you play five-minute quarters and the reason this got me thinking about it is because sticky fingers he he told me about this um you know and i've seen it on his youtube channel he plays like four-minute quarters uh like every game and all of his youtube videos are four-minute quarters and there is nothing wrong with that absolutely in fact and you know he's got quite a few i think he's he has over 200 subscribers or like you know close to 300 subscribers now on his youtube because people want to see those videos and it still highlights the gameplay and that's what his time allows him to do exactly yeah it's not something that i could do and that's because um when i'm playing you know seriously or or something like that i always have to do 12 minutes same quarters yeah. i have to do 48 game um and we i think we did touch on this on the 25th anniversary maybe of the of nba live or whatnot that podcast but anyway that i think that would be a fun you know topic to discuss at some point but yeah i agree with you um as far as there's so much content now in the 2ks there's no way to get through all of it but that's it it's a bonus to have all of that content because you're going to catch somebody like you're going to somebody you're going to catch somebody's interest um 
especially if your game is solid, like your gameplay. And I, I have regrets about not getting more into my league and association in the past 10 years, but at the same time, I found something that kept me hooked for a year in, in the best-case scenario and that I really enjoyed. And while it's a shame to have that unfinished business, the business that I did finish, I feel very accomplished with, or as much as you can playing a video game, of course. But last year, for example, finally being able to get to the Hall of Fame in my career and, and trigger that cutscene and see that, uh, that felt like an accomplishment. And yes, I, I did want to get more into my league last year and ended up drifting back to my career and, and the, on the online situation. But at the same time, I really enjoyed what I played. And, and if you really enjoy what you play, yes, you can have some regrets, but you can't. you don't regret it too much, you know what I mean? No, absolutely. And there is something to be said about completing anything in life. Um, because I am a, I'm notorious for not finishing as far as like on video games. My brother and I finished two seasons on NBA 2K14, but we didn't play the playoffs. Like we right. finished the season and didn't play the playoffs. So we still didn't finish the whole thing. I've, you know, I played my team for 2K15 a ton, but I never got all the cards I wanted. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, for 2K17, you saw the rosters we created. And, the, you know, I put thousands of hours in playing and um, modding. But my brother and I have never gotten through a season um, because we keep starting over, over and over again. Or we'll make updates to the roster and we'll start over again. So um, I guess I feel pretty accomplished for completing the rosters that I released. Mm. But as far as, like game content um there is something to be said about actually completing a mode or a season or something like that because if you think about it it's a lot of dedication i, I think this can serve as a teaser to a future podcast as well because i think this is something we'll definitely talk about in uh, a greater length in a, in a future show the, the idea of uh, being a completionist and being able to finish it because basketball games don't always have that definitive end like a like a fallout like a gta like a call of duty or whatever so there isn't always that, uh, and there's actually there's quite a few GTA games. As much as I'm a fan of the GTA series that I haven't actually finished uh, for one reason or another, uh, yet, yet still I'm a big fan of those games and that series. But there's less of a definitive end sometimes to sports games that you can still really enjoy them and, and, and have, enjoy that experience throughout the season and playing playing up. But actually, without actually getting to that ultimate goal of even winning a virtual championship. Right, exactly. And I'd love to go back and do that, but again, time, time, time yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, you know, as adults and, you know, you know, I work 40 hours a week and I have, you know, we're looking at houses and there's stuff that goes on wrong with your car and there's yep. chores and there's shopping and there's all of this stuff that you got to do. It is hard to find the time, but social that's life. also why it's hate the, yeah, I mean, social life. Well, I don't have that. Um, <laughs> but, theoretically. Uh, you know, <laughs> theoretically, um, but you know, that goes back to the whole thing that we talked about on the last podcast you know, the grind and it's not just adults, it's kids, you know, kids have homework, they have basketball after school, they have sports they're involved in, they have a social life yep. and all of that stuff oftentimes. And that's why the grind is something that can affect all ages um, when, you know, modes are too grindy and, and also that, you know, forces people to do, you know, the whole microtransaction, uh, you know, buy virtual currency and whatnot. Work, work to but, have fun kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Work or uh, pay extra to have fun, yeah. Right, but I, you know, I keep, I keep going, you know, telling myself I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish a season on live ten. Yeah, but it's just or, or something like that. It's just so hard to dedicate the time and actually do it, you know, the way that I want. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 
it's I, I've been very averse. To, I will go into it in more detail when we circle back to this in a in a future show. Once again, teasers for a, a future show, everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I've always been averse to simulating because I've just felt wanting. I've wanted to influence the action directly, but I've also wanted to play those twelve minute quarters. So it's it's time consuming. So the the idea of playing through eighty seasons is uh, just impossible, basically, for for how I play the game. Even if I even if I stuck with one game for five years, I don't think I'd be able to do it because again, other responsibilities. But I still feel like accomplished. I still feel like I've gotten something out of the game. Uh, even last year with my team, I got some incredible cards from my team on both PC and uh, PS4. Um, I, I didn't play as much of my team, but I was able to collect the cards through locker codes and things and selling them in, in the auction house and getting the, the, the MT and such. Uh, I, I'd love to go back sometime and play some of that with a bit more of those, uh, play some 2K19, my team, and just use those cards a bit more often. But again, there's stuff I want to do in 2K20 this year, so it's it's sometimes hard to go back and and finish that unfinished business. Yep, exactly, and that's why you know my brother and I are in a 2K20 season right now. We're playing, we're trying to get in like a game a night, yep. and sometimes that's all we can get in. That, that's Maybe right. Yeah. One, you know, and he likes to play other games too. Like he um, he enjoys Elder Scrolls Online, and we have a setup where I can jump on with him, and we have Skyrim mod that we can play online together, and you know, there's Final Fantasy games and all of this stuff. So it's really it's 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 really impossible to find time, but I do my best, and I think you do as well. You have to a lot of times too for your articles that you try to write. You have to yeah. turn on those games, but I try pretty hard to like with the PlayStation 3 emulator and with my different video game systems, I try pretty hard to refresh, like get that fresh experience and go back and play a game. And maybe I'll make a video of it, of an older game. Like recently I did 2K10 and Live 10, and that keeps those games fresh in my mind. And it keeps the experience fresh, and I'm not playing one game all the time. And it is fun. I went back, I've gone back to Live 06 a couple of times because I still have my Dynasty save with the Bulls that I really enjoyed. I'm up to Season 3 now. And I wouldn't mind revisiting that. It is harder to go back because as as more time passes, the game does age a little bit more. And, and, and as much as it's a classic and as much as I believe it's the last great all-around release for NBA Live, there are things in newer games that are more appealing, a bit easier to play in, in that respect. So it is hard to go back sometimes. But to a lot of, a lot of favorites are fun to revisit. But, but to that point, uh, whether it's past or present, basketball games, 2K20 is competing with any other game you want to play past or present so the competition goes beyond live versus 2k it's every previous live in 2k it's every previous nba jam game you have in your collection or street or or skyrim or fallout you know elder scrolls or or call of duty or or anything like that or or bart versus the space mutants just to throw that out there <laughs> you know or mario or zelda or anything else that you feel like going back and playing past or present or a new game that's coming out um you know cyberpunk or whatever it's they're all competing with each other for our time so which is why it's important that we do enjoy our time with the on the virtual hardwood and and why why it's also important as you as you brought up that it's that it's not too much of a grind because if it is too much work to enjoy a game people are going to play something else and it's and it's it's going to take more than a a prompt in nba 2k19 to upgrade if uh, if the grind in 2k20 is too much it, it is actually better this year but that is that is one of the reasons why people aren't upgrading to 2k20 is that to have to start over from scratch every year is uh, is a big deal, and it's it's something I think moving forward under the new generation, uh, they're, they're going to have to work out that balance between getting people to upgrade, the recurrent revenue mechanics, the engagement, and everything, uh, having and giving people a, a a starting point that's not too easy, but also not too hard, 
uh, just so that people, knowing that they're going to have to start over again from scratch each year, that's not so daunting. And I think that is the, the thing that, that, that both uh, EA and 2K need to really work on, that, that a new game isn't painful to start over with. I agree. And I, I, I although, I, and I think you can agree with this, the bottom line is, is that this move to next gen, whenever a new system comes out, um, it's a huge deal. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Of course, and always. The bottom line is, is that they are going, people are going to buy this game. And the, the new 2K on next gen. And whether you've taken years off from the series, I know there's going to be exceptions out there. I think you said that Kenny was one, maybe. Um, there's, you know, whether you bought seri- you know 2K20 or maybe you skipped a couple years, there's a good chance that those people are going to try to rip this you know the new game they're going to buy it and and i think if especially if the price is the same uh and they don't go crazy as far as pricing the systems i've heard some weird things about that i've heard oh they're going to make playstation 5 700 bucks and then i've heard other people that say they're going to price it around 400 or 500 so that that just hasn't been you know finalized yet but i do i I think that like you're right they need to fix those those issues and find the right balance but you know, for this first game, I think they're just gonna they're just gonna sell it like crazy. Absolutely, so, we'll we'll probably yeah. circle back to a lot of these topics actually in the in the coming weeks because I think we've touched on a few things that we'll uh, definitely want to revisit and talk about in more depth. Uh, as far as two K twenty goes, uh, do you see yourself playing it for the next six months? Um, I have to be honest with you, I might. Mm. I think the and I think the reason is is because we found a balance with the gameplay. And as we had talked about earlier in this podcast, to kind of circle back, um, the game not having more updates means that this is the experience we're going to get. Yeah. You know, know, for, yeah, yeah, for the rest of the cycle. Um, So we already know what we're going to get. You know, when I go in tonight, I'm probably, we're going to probably play the next game on our season. Um, So it is very possible as long as, and you know, the other thing too, being on PC is we have the mods. You know, yes. if I get bored using current teams, I can download Thundershack's roster. If I get bored with the current look, I can use Dybe's, or however you pronounce it, his um, lighting mods that light up the um, the crowd. If I get bored with the scoreboard, I can I can download GP Patrol's mods, or Luya's. So I, I can keep it fresh, and if I like the gameplay, I can keep it fresh for the rest of the cycle. So it is possible. What about you? I think I will. I, I think there's there's modes that I haven't touched as much as I would have liked this year, uh, partly because I have been playing some online. I, After all, I'm putting my career aside. I got drawn back into it again. Uh, I'm not going to go on it as hard or as, as long as I did last year to get to the Hall of Fame. I've done that. Not so interested in it. It's mostly been about getting a viable player to, to jump into the wreck whenever I want to do it. So that's what I'll be doing. But I want to spend a bit more time with my team. have been playing a lot of my team. Uh, started a My League or set up a My League, I should say, ready to go. So I think it's going to be for me, once I get bored of what I'm doing at the moment, transitioning into those other modes, which again is why it's so important that it has that well-rounded product and the deep modes, and of course the gameplay that I'm enjoying for the for the most part, legacy issues aside, of course. So yeah, I think for the next six months I will be playing the game. I will be mixing it up with some retro gaming, of course, and, and other things that I do for features, if nothing else, and, and other games that I play, but yeah, I, I, there's enough in the, this game, and I've I've been enjoying it enough. And it, the fact that it ranks up there for me on this generation, I, I don't want to call it my be- the best or my favorite, a personal favorite, or 
or argue that it's subjectively the best. I don't want to do that. Uh, it ranks up there for me. So I think for the next six months, uh, yeah, I will be playing it, I'll, transitioning between different modes as uh, as the mood strikes. Yeah, and that's that's perfect. Yeah, it's not it's not my uh, it's not my number one game on this gen. Um, I still prefer the games with the old motion system. Seventeen. That they 16, had. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen. Um, but at the same time, it's better than the last, you know, than 2K19 and 2K18 for me. And the fact that we're doing a current season, it helps to have the game's, you know, updated faces and roster. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, let's put it this way. 2K18 had me worried for the future. Yeah. 2K20 has me more hopeful for the future. And I think that speaks volumes for me that, and for my brother. The fact that he's been getting enjoyment out of it, out of it is important to me as well. That, that is obviously a positive. As far as it relates to the real NBA, does it change your feeling or your interest at all in the, in the modern game and, and, and how things are going? I mean, for me, there's, there's, we've, we've talked about things and not, not to go into old man rants, obviously, um, especially as we're trying to wrap up this week, because uh, we could go on for hours on that regard. Um, grumpy old men that we are, boomers millennial boomers that we are apparently uh i i found that working on the roster for 2k11 and that there will be an update on that status up status report on that very soon so stay tuned i know i've been saying that for a while but some good progress is being made there uh working on those rosters uh playing the modern game and and and, and playing different modes like my team and, and getting into my league uh, I, I think has kind of helped my interest in the in the current nba a little bit i mean it, it doesn't help it, doesn't help that the the bulls are doing so badly and they've been so disappointing that's that's hurting my interest in the, in the league obviously with all my frustrations with garpax and hashtag fire garpax just throw that out there but but sometimes the the play, get, really enjoying the, the video game I, I feel can can enhance your uh, enjoyment of, of the real nba to, to some extent or, or the the interest bounces off each other in you know in a weird way for me it doesn't really help as far as like enjoying the now nba as far as watching it what it does um for me and my brother is and i think people who watch our gameplay videos can see this what we do is we use the teams like they play in real life like we use the players like they play in real life and try to use the teams to their strengths while trying to win so there's no faking sim it's we're literally playing um you know like they do in in real life within the context of the video game so my brother's attempting like 53s a game with the Rockets. Um, and if you ever watched my brother play in the past, he's always been the guy, him and I, we, we just, we, we don't take a lot of threes because that's not how we play basketball. You know what I mean? That's not how we enjoy yeah. play, um, watching basketball. That's not how we, the, the NBA we enjoyed, like you and I watched in the nineties and my brother and I watched in the nineties and early two thousands. But, when you're playing a now season and you're using these teams and you're trying to use the players to their strengths, what's the strengths of the players today? Yeah. Threes. There's so many one dimensional players. So he's in the, he's using the rockets and he's, you know, slashing with James Harden and Russell Westbrook and kicking it out to Robert Covington and Ben McLemore and Austin rivers and Eric Gordon and all he's doing in Jeff green and Damari Carroll and all he's doing almost every possession is looking for a three. Yeah. So normally he wouldn't do that, but so if you if you're saying how does that impact, you know, how we play the game, the now NBA and how we view it, it doesn't ha impact how we feel about it or view it 
you know, in reality, but it absolutely impacts the way we play, like the way we play the game. And sometimes that's, that's a little frustrating because we don't like to play that style. Um, but unfortunately we gotta, we gotta kind of do it. So funnily enough, that's, that's kind of the way it goes playing a pro-am or, or the rec as well. It's, it's, I wouldn't normally like to take so many threes, but you, you kind of have to do that to be competitive. So you, you do have to adjust, but it it is nice to be learning the, the names of the players again because I, when I stopped doing the rosters for NBA Live, it's uh, you, you, you lose that familiarity with people who were really down on the roster. It got got to the point where I knew people who were the on the injured list all, all year and the, people who were hardly playing because I had to create them for the roster. So it's it's nice to get back to that. But uh, so on the whole, uh, are we are we giving a thumbs up uh, to two K twenty? I think we are giving a thumbs up to 2K20 being the best game they've made out of the last three. That's why I'm going to go with it, because I think you enjoyed 2K17 a lot, just like I did. Yeah. I think as far as, um, yeah, you know what? How about this? Let's give a thumbs up for 2K20 for the fact that we're still playing it and that it made us hopeful for the next, you know, the next game. Yeah, we're enjoying it. That's, That's what we want, the positivity for the future and the present. Uh, or we have our criticisms, obviously, which we've outlined, and I'm sure we'll revisit in the future as well. But yeah, I, I say thumbs up. It's uh, it's not perfect. It's not necessarily my favorite or the best. Or maybe I'll reevaluate that in another six months' time when I've had more time to play it, and maybe going back and playing some other games. But yeah, I say thumbs up. I think it's it is one of the better games of this generation, uh, certainly out of the past few years after this new motion system came in, and we've had our uh, problems with that. So, yeah, I, I say thumbs up. I, I feel positive about the game, and uh, I have my criticisms, and there are things... I, I do have concerns for the future as far as the push for microtransactions and everything. That, that's just going to be the way. That, that is the way of the industry as much as anything else. But I, I wanted to have a, a, a fun basketball game to play, and I, I am having fun with NBA 2K20. So not, not to say that we won't have our critiques and our criticisms, but, uh, yeah, thumbs up. Yep, good for me. Um... I think that the biggest thing now is wait and see. Yeah. That's it. You know, as far as what EA sports does with the live series, I have bad feeling about it. I have to be honest. I have a kind of a pit in my stomach about it as far as I think they're going to make another big mistake. And by not releasing on the, you know, to circle back to that, you know, by not releasing on next gen and, you know, initially, but we'll see. It's it's a wait and see. I I can't impact it. I can o- basically only voice my opinion, and that's about it. And our wish list will be going in soon. So get on on that for two K twenty one. As for live, we'll keep pushing through our our suggestions. But again, that that depends on their roadmap, and uh, hopefully that their hopefully their roadmap, their their GPS, if you will, will lead them to where they need to go. Because we want those two want those two, at least two strong sim games on the market, so that we have that, those viable uh, viable options. Yeah, we need more options. I miss the days of having options. I agree with you. And and just as a cheap plug, we will be revisiting those times, not just in future podcasts, but in the Wayback Wednesday features as well. Uh, in the meantime, that has brought us to the end of episode number 313 of the NLC podcast. We hope you enjoyed uh, tuning in. We do this show every single week. We have missed a week here or there, but pretty good run actually this year. I think we took the, the time off of Christmas and we missed a... Mr. Week when your when your brother got married, but uh, apart from that, I think we've been pretty consistent. Yeah, I I think we, we you know we talked about it before this podcast. I think 
think we've been on together for 15 times now, 15, 16 times, 15, yeah. uh, 15 times. And I've enjoyed it every time. So I really hope that people are enjoying the conversation and, um, yeah, and I hope they keep listening in. So definitely people have been tuning in, uh, mentioned it at the top of the show, but we want to thank you for your kind comments and your responses and, and also feedback as well on how we can continue to improve the podcast and how we can talk about what you want to hear us talk about and, Obviously, we're going to talk about what interests us, but we want to make sure that what we're talking about is also interesting to you. So definitely hit us up with that feedback in the forum, the comments section on the main page and on social media as well. As far as uh, tuning into the NLC podcast, once again, it is our aim to come out each and every week. It's what we generally do. You can stream it on the NLC, of course, or you can also find it on various podcatching apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, to name just three. Search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Of course, we also enjoy positive reviews on those platforms as it helps with uh, visibility and to stroke our own egos, of course. So feel free to do that. And once again, hit us up with suggestions for topics and feedback and and your thoughts on what we talked about we want to hear that as well before i plug the nlc socials uh, of course i'm on uh, twitter at andrew nlsc where can we find you derek Uh, you can find me on twitter at d for free 84 um d brown no look lunk no look lunk the no look dunk as the profile picture um uh youtube um d for free with the same profile picture and uh, i've been uploading a lot of gameplay videos recently recently so check those out um i'm on the nlvc as well and on the nlsc d for three and you know the other thing too is if you do listen into the podcast you know andrew um shares the uh the podcast on twitter and then you also um, share in uh, the NLSC shares it. And then I share it. Um, if you have feedback or comments and I know Andrew and I, we love seeing the comments about the podcast. Definitely. You know, negative or positive feedback or anything. If you're listening to this um, and you, you have any you know comments on it, please respond to the tweets um, and let us know how you felt about it and even share it if you want. Um, yeah, you know, help, to get help the us, word, uh, help us pump up those numbers. Right. Just to bring that back. One uh, yeah, time. exactly. Help us pump up those numbers. I think we do talk about a lot of good stuff on here, um, and I, I think that it would be really cool to see more people, you know, giving feedback and, and sharing it. So, no question. Uh, if you want to follow the NLSC, if you want to connect with us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, we are the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. Stay tuned for more Making a Mod and some other features coming very soon. And of course, keep it locked to nba-live.com for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is all for episode number 313 of the NLC Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.